Roots Racing Culture is made possible in part by the contributions to PBS Utah from listeners like you. Thank you. Hey everybody, you're listening to Roots, Race, and Culture, a new podcast from PBS Utah. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll subscribe, leave us a review, and share with your friends. All right, now let's get this thing started. Hello everybody, and welcome to Roots, Race, and Culture, where we bring you into candid conversations about shared cultural experiences. I'm Daner Gerald. And I'm Lonzo Liggins. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics occupations, or STEM, are projected to grow over two times faster than the total for all occupations in the next decade. Blacks, Hispanics, and women, however, are lagging far behind. For example, blacks who make up 11% of the workforce only comprise 9% of STEM occupations. Hispanics who represent 17% of the workforce only comprise 8% of STEM jobs. On the other hand, Asians who comprise only 6% of the workforce represent 13% of STEM jobs, nearly doubling the number of jobs for Hispanics. So why is this? Well, we invited two guests to help us understand this problem better and to offer some solutions. Welcome, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so great to have you. Juliet, why don't we start with you? Yes. Uh, I am a founder and director of Clubability. My mm -hmm. background is assistant engineer with an MBA degree and a project management professional certification. Oh, great. excellent. Right, and the legendary Dr. Ferguson. <laughs> Introduce yourself, please. <laughs> Thank you, Lonzo. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Richard Ferguson, I'm the president and founder of Black Physicians of Utah. Uh, I'm a family medicine physician by training, uh, although I've practiced emergency medicine uh, primarily for the last oh, 10 to 12 years across the nation. And my day job, I'm the chief medical officer for Health Choice Utah. Wow, so you've seen a lot in your career, it sounds like. Yes, yes, yes. And let's talk about the elephant in the room, that jumping purple suit you got on there that is just <laughs> hot stuff, man. Hot thank, stuff. You, thank you, just trying to model our colors. Uh, what are the colors? Uh, purple, white, and a tinge of blue. Oh, oh very nice. Well, blue. you look great. Awesome. You look thank great. you. Thank yeah, you. He always looks great. <laughs> so can you guys just give us a little information about your organizations? Why don't we start with you, Julia? Yes, Clubability works with Hispanic youth, especially with special needs uh, students, and also uh, to become tech creators, oh. and also uh, months to gain digital skills, to get better jobs, higher income, and decrease poverty rates. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. So how young are these youth when they start? Our students are from, started from seven years old to 15 years old. Wow, that's, that's a good excellent. spread. Yeah, that's, that's a, a nice, yes, yeah. yes. It's a nice and, time to get in and learn those skills. And our program is bilingual. It's in Spanish and in English because it is a reason we need to embrace our root, our culture. Yes, yes, yeah. excellent. Right. I love that. I love that. Dr. Ferguson, tell how about, about your organization? Tell us about Black Physicians of Utah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Black Physicians of Utah created in March 2021, and it was, you know, part of the impetus was it is as a black physician here in Utah since 2010, I was often the only black physician I saw in a predominantly white space and a predominantly white state. And I could have either whined and complained about it or I could do something to change it. Mm -hmm. So I started BPOU uh, as one, a means to increase representation of black physicians in the state. And that often is through mentorship, trying to, uh, a much of it is modeling of behavior. If someone can see it, they can be it. Mm, uh, I and then, that. secondly, 
Uh, it is to improve healthcare outcomes, because often healthcare outcomes are improved uh, for people of color, particularly African Americans, if they can receive care from someone that looks like them. Wow. Mm, yes, that's yes, that's right. Fact. Now, because I want to jump right into this. So based on both of your experiences, why do you feel that blacks and Hispanics aren't as well represented as other minorities, such as Asians, as we were talking about before? Yes. I'm going to start with you, Juliette. Yes. I think is that there is a limit in access, high quality for Hispanics. For example, uh, Hispanic youth, they don't have access to a strong STEAM program. Mm. in their, their their childhood also there there is like a, a lack of mentored or the role models mm. who encourage them to pursue STEM careers I think my community is hardworking mm. and they love their family I they only need this access to high quality to be part of STEM mm -hmm. oh yeah and it's so great you're helping to provide that. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ferguson, um, what are your thoughts on that? It's very similar. Uh, that's why we have a, a strong and a robust mentorship program where we're taking pre-meds uh, and even into high school now that we'll be starting in February this year because many uh, stu black students from uh, early on in school, junior high, high school, throughout college, actually many of our mentor or mentees uh, are non-traditional students. They tend to actually be deciding to pursue medicine a bit later because they have not met a black physician often and no one has approached them until later on in their years in college to say, have you considered medicine? You're really bright. And they actually find someone that's taking an interest in them. Well, this needs to start a lot earlier. We need to be able to build that pipeline to encourage black youth that they can see themselves in a STEM field, particularly medicine in our case. But we want to make sure that we can change the, I guess the landscape, because America is going to continue to diversify, uh, or, or it's going to become more diverse. And uh, black and brown communities, particularly in Utah, are growing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they want to receive care from providers that, yes. rep that are representative from their community. And we need to be able to start setting the example now. And that's what BPOU is trying to do, but as well as comparing that with community <clears throat> education. Yes. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, you see in my community the parents, the Hispanic parents, often didn't have the opportunity to finish high school. Mm -hmm. And also, they maybe had uh, worse, maybe two or three jobs, and they don't have enough time. Oh, to, to be the mentor. Yes, that the and needs this to is the reason uh, mm -hmm. we yeah. need to collaborate more. Mm -hmm with these uh, communities, with our communities? Well, um, according to the Education Advisory Board, now this is after a student has decided to go into STEM and they go into it in high school or college, one third of blacks and Hispanics will change their major out of STEM because they feel like they're being discriminated against. So how, have you ever seen or received any pushback from students when you're encouraging them and then they get to college and they're like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. How, do, how have you guys experienced or found I, that? I, uh, that's a great question and a great point. So I see it often. Uh, and it's many, many times it's pre-medical advisors that are at college campuses. It's high school college advisors wow. that are, are blatantly discouraging black students from pursuing 
uh, higher, or not necessarily higher degrees, but uh, particular arduous or tough fields. And they will say, well, maybe you won't be as great as that. Maybe consider this other tier of school. Not always encouraging to, you know, shoot for the stars, you know, settle for the moon or, you know, stay a little closer to earth. Wow. Uh, do what you're, you're more capable of. Uh, I've saw that, I've seen that from my volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club here at the Capital West, but also I've seen it at University of Utah campus. There's actually quite a few uh, resources with University of Utah for black students, but many of the advisors will not connect them to these resources mm -hmm. that are particularly for STEM uh, opportunities in the summer, working in a research lab, getting an internship with a biotech firm. Uh, they are out there, they want to hire okay. uh, black and Hispanic students, yeah. but you don't have often professors that are encouraging this behavior. Mm, and providing those connections, mm, yes. that's important. Was there like a personal experience that you had going to college? In, in, in my case, I study in Peru. Okay, I didn't have any pushback about my race or ethnicity. However, being a woman in STEM, I have, since the first time I study STEM, I have bullying from my uh, male students, my male colleagues, and also uh, many of our students, males, talk about our appearance like a woman, mm -hmm. because there, there were a woman and a lot of men. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, because sometimes they don't respect you, mm -hmm. in your opinion. Yeah. That even I, happened uh, recently in South America with a woman who was in the Congress, and, and she had someone who basically like was inappropriate on the floor of Congress with this woman. So I can see how that would be very damaging to your sense of self-confidence. Yes, I think so. Women in STEM are very valuable. And in my experience, because I am, I am studying an engineer career, and see that women are more determined to finish mm -hmm. this career than the male. Wow. Mm. In my experience, okay, right. every experience is different, but in my experience, more women, if they decide to pursue a STEM career, they finish. Yeah. So why do you think they're more valuable? Uh, our thing, like a woman, we are perspective is different. Like a, we have like a, when we create technology, we mm -hmm. see more aspect, maybe, and this is the diverse thing who help. It's like a no gender, it's, it's uh, involved gender, race, ethnicity. Believe in other things. You have a diverse team. Your product, your technology will be better. Right. Wow. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, when people think of STEM, they think of you know engineering and science. Talk to us about the medical field, how does yeah. STEM differ than IT or something like that? Like, what's what's the significance? Well, the the gap is actually parallel. It's very much the same, uh, and for similar reasons. Okay. Uh, so, for example, when we look at the percent of those with ma uh, African Americans with master's degrees and PhDs, it's about five percent in the nation. Mm. Uh, when we look at the, uh, you know, there were 13.6 percent of the population uh, based on uh, recent uh, census, but we also are only five percent of physicians. And the number of physicians in the U.S. or black physicians in the U.S. has not increased in over 30 years. Wow. Why is that? And some of that is, of course, uh, effects of, you know, the elephant in the room, systemic and institutional racism that you know, her and I exist and our organization exists to actually undo a lot of this. Yeah. Uh, in trying to gain a lot of non 
uh, BIPOC allies and support mm -hmm. in PWIs uh, to try and encourage this change. And some of that's gonna happen at the institutional level, some of it's gonna have to start at the state and legislative level okay. to affect long-term long -term change uh, to address these disparities and these gaps. I mean, 13% of the population, but 5% uh, yeah. of what's represented in STEM fields and medicine. Yeah, it's 2023, it's time yes. to change. Yeah. And I believe her and our organization have solutions for it. So, and I wanna get to those solutions. I just wanna ask you a quick question about, do you think with young black and Hispanic youth that there's a stigma against going into those fields that yeah. they're considered nerdy or they're just not as cool as like pursuing other fields like entertainment, sports or, entertainment. or sports or things like that? Do you think that plays a part in it? Yeah. Uh, I think it definitely does. Uh, that's where we have the effects of uh, systemic and uh, racism and sometimes cultural bias. And sometimes that is perpetuated within our own communities, but mm. it started as a reason because often uh, the generation before us didn't see an example of physician to follow, didn't see an engineer, didn't see, didn't know of a chemist, didn't know of a veterinarian in their uh, community, in their, in their state. So they often go by what they're able to see. So if someone is often in a blue collar role, which jobs are necessary, but uh, many of them don't require a higher degree. So they say, well, mom and dad didn't do it and grandpa, and grandpa worked at the factory. I don't need to necessarily aspire more. And sometimes my escape may be athletics, right. which you know, BPLU definitely usually does not uh, encourage, but we do encourage fitness right. and mm -hmm. uh, you know, being generally healthy. Yeah, we want to give you a chance to, to answer this question as well, and then we want to show some people who are in your program and in your program who are young and who've benefited from it. So why don't we start with you finishing that question about... Uh, yes, uh, in that case, uh, Latinos don't, doesn't have a lot of role models, but the thing is, we need to start in their job age. This is the thing Clapability was born, to see more Hispanic being a STEM creator of technology. Mm. And this is the reason we want to involve in the, like a field trip to see how it's working technology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Met our role models yes. in the industry, connect with Hispanic role models. Because there's a lot of uh, technology companies out here and they should be helping bring these students into their buildings and meeting some of these people to get to understand that. I have one thought that came to mind though before we do this thing with the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I remember learning in history about a lot of things that were invented and credit was given to someone other than the actual inventor. I'm, the Eli Whitney and the cotton gins coming to mind, but, but I don't know if that's the one. So maybe there's a little bit of historical trauma there where hist we've seen that you know, black or Hispanic people have invented things but weren't allowed to have a patent or to, to you know, apply for a patent or whatever. And then so the credit or the, all the residual income and everything was given to someone else. Yes. So do you think that that could actually have an impact on uh, our way we see things? I, I read the book, Hiding Figures, who has a, a, a movie about the woman oh, in the yes. NASA. Yes, yes. It, it's so nice. three it's black so women who worked for NASA. Yes, uh, if you read this book, you understand better what happened in, the, in this environment. Mm -hmm. It was worth, uh, men was uh, not no able to work in company, hire a white woman, Mm -hmm. And then finally, white woman is not enough, and they say, okay, let's go to open a woman with color, black mm -hmm. color, mm -hmm. and this is a thing. If this don't happen, maybe 
we we don't have in this po point because it's in the 90s yeah. uh, and i think we need more than that okay we need to project in our environment in our society mm -hmm. society marketing who talk about everyone is welcome women of color mm -hmm. people of color because if you saw it the first ad when you promotion a computer mm -hmm. appear the men the man working in the computer and the wife cleaning mm. or in the kitchen. Oh, and wow. this is a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see it. Um, well, why don't we look at some of the, why don't we take a look at some of the videos of some of your students who are uh, doing well in, in some of yeah. your programs. Uh, why don't we start with uh, Dr. <laughs> Ferguson's, the Maya. Black Physicians of Utah. This is Maya? Yeah, Maya Sherrell. Maya Sherrell. Okay, this is Maya Sherrell. Hi, my name is Maya Sherrell. I'm a third year undergrad at the University of Utah. Um, I'm pre-med and I'm part of the Black Physicians of Utah. Recently, I got to attend one of my very first events with the Black Physicians of Utah, their Medicine Immersion Day. And honestly, the event was life-changing for me. Um, not only did I get to go visit my first OR and try my first stitch, but I also got the opportunity to meet my first ever black physician, my first ever African-American physician, and I got the opportunity to have engaging conversations with physicians. Um, personally, I chose STEM, I chose pre-med because science and mathematics give me the opportunity to you know, learn new things about the world every day and know things that I've never known before and know things that I would have never known. And just doing that kind of inspires me every single day. Um, I think more people of color should go into STEM just, just because not only do you learn new stuff, but you get the opportunity to bring that back to your community and in a way that changes the world. Um, when I was 14, my father had a stroke and I was thrown into the medical world in a way. And specifically, I was thrown into what the medical world is like for an African-American male. And it was obvious that there were disparities. I mean, just, you know, pain level and patient care and treatment. It's different for an African-American male. Um, and that really is kind of what pushes me because I know that there are changes I want to see and I know that there are changes to be made. And not only are the black physicians of Utah providing African-American physicians to people like me, they're also a group of people working to be better and working to see that change in the medical field, um, just which really inspires me. And it makes me really happy to be part of the black physicians of Utah. What an wow. inspiring young woman. Right. That was powerful. Wow. Yeah. There's more like her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's there's, fantastic. And there's, there's quite a few uh, Maya Shirelles that we're trying to mold and, to, and develop and to encourage to pursue medicine because often I started just like her. It's sometimes it's just that spark. It's not always needing a ton of financial access. It's just planting the idea, planting that seed mm. and showing that they can be like us. Yeah. They can be a medical professional. And that's often all she, and now she's going. Yeah, and that, we give her the path and a little bit of guidance. And that's, that's all great. you need, too. And that's we want to, and, and let's talk about solutions in a minute, but first, let's see what are your students do. Who's this student? Luciana Venancio. She's 11 years old. She's 11 years oh, old. Great. Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Luciana Venancio Maselli. I'm 11 years old, and I'm from Peru. The building part of STEM is to realize and learn new skills, such as create and make my own strategies, analyze and investigate, and then make decisions. My favorite part is being part of Cloudability, which is STEM programs that are helping me enhance my capabilities, which also help me to 
face new challenges, solve problems, and above all, feel that I gain confidence in me. A clear example is what I experienced a few years ago in my classroom. I was motivated to participate in elections as student vice president, and I managed to win. I'm convinced that I took some help from my parents, but above all, thanks to collaborability programs that gave me the tools to push myself and take on this challenge that fills me with pride. All people, boys and girls from different cultures, should have support and resources that encourage the great potential that we have on each of us. This can be given through STEM. Thank you very much. I love that. Wow. Yes. I just love that. <laughs> that is awesome. She's as cute as can be. She's yeah. remarkable. <laughs> she is very focused in STEM, and she's a leader in this age. Imagine in this age, 11 years old, her second language is English, and she's determined. Imagine when she will be 18 years old, 20, 30. Mm -hmm. This is kind of student we have, and we are so proud of their parents and them, because they create technology who serves everyone. This is for wow. us. That is great. These I people love that. are going to change the world. You can feel it. Yeah, and you know, the, the best part of all of this is that you're providing a, a face, like you said, a role model for kids to see, to look up to. I remember when, um, and I'm going to age myself a little bit here, but when Tiger Woods mm -hmm. first started mm -hmm. playing golf mm -hmm. and he became this big, huge figure. Prior to that, black folks never talked about playing golf. We were like, <laughs> I'm playing golf. But all of a sudden, Tiger Woods came out and started playing golf. We were like, yeah, get me some clubs. You know, <laughs> I want to go out and play. And, and it seems to happen that way, that once we see someone who's prominent in our community, such as yourself and yourself, who, who are you know, in these positions that we maybe never thought ourselves doing, then we think, well, hey, if he can do it, then maybe I can do it. I want to hear about some of these solutions that yes, you yes, guys let's have. Jump into the other things that we can do to help push this forward. Well, yeah. Well, part of it is exposure and experience. So BPOU had has had two days, such as Medicine Immersion Day that Maya alluded to, but also we have we are partnering with larger tech companies within Utah, particularly Stryker. We had a clinical research day, so this is where if you don't necessarily want to be an MD, I just want you in the STEM field. Period. I want you to pursue a PhD. I want you to consider becoming a biomedical engineer. So we have a day where we have uh, students come in, they learn a bit of the science background behind technology, they get to work with simulation devices and then that spark is lit there's the mom calling me there's the students <laughs> wow. applying for mentorship and then I have the uh, the CEO of the company saying how can I better give an opportunity to more of your students I would you know they are for potential employees yeah. managers directors for this particular uh, biotech company we want to do the same thing for the medical schools here uh, there is talent within the state uh, mm -hmm. we just need to uh, nurture it and part of that is through our mentorship uh, programs that we provide, but also our partnerships with Intermountain, University of Utah, mm -hmm. uh, larger companies that will provide research and uh, clinical opportunity shadowing so that they can see the 
you know, what value they can uh, gain and they can share themselves in pursuing a career in medicine. And it, it often starts very small, mm -hmm. and, but we just need to continue molding this for many of the black youth uh, within Utah and the Hispanic youth as well. Yeah. We would like to eventually start a Latino Physicians of Utah mm -hmm. that's a similar organization where they're not only addressing health equities within the state, health inequities, I mm -hmm. should say, uh, by increasing representation, but they're all going to be trusted messengers for medicine, trusted messengers for the STEM field. And yeah. so often it's ourselves that get this opportunity to be on the stage with you that a, a young child will see this or their parent will see it and they go, oh, I want them to be a part of that. And it's a multiplier. Someone's yeah. gonna hear what Maya said and it's yeah. gonna have a multiplying effect, similar yeah. to what you said with Tiger Woods. Absolutely, great, that's yeah. awesome. What about solutions for you? I think we need to educate Utah in general, okay? I think we need to educate like a, a parents in our community and say why it's important Latinos, Hispanics be part of STEM. Currently, and also the government and the, and the private sector, I think they are truly engagement with this goal. But the thing is, technology doesn't serve for everyone. There is technology towards better for male than female. Mm -hmm. for lighter skin tone than darker skin tones. Mm -hmm. They don't have many things about special needs. And mm. we need that, we need involved. And for this reason in Clubability, we have a program to educate about, oh, they discover creating video game and say, STEM is good, STEM is fun. I am, <coughs> I can pursue a STEM career. Mm -hmm. But also we have like a field trip to go to these tech companies, to meet our role models, to help a mentors, yeah. and also because there are low incomes, try to get device, try to do all these things. Yeah. And also we have a conference to educate your family, to say, okay, if you started in kindergarten, you have this option. If you are in elementary, you have this option. Not only in clubability, everyone, because mm -hmm. this is the idea, work together and see more diversity. We need more diversity because currently uh, <coughs> the technology doesn't serve for everyone. Yeah. Yes. That's, work together you know, is Working is together. The, the thing that's come to mind for me is that it takes two people to shake hands, mm -hmm. right? You can reach out and reach up, but if no one's there to reach down and hold your hand and help you, you're not going to get very far, right? We'll get back to this conversation on roots, race, and culture in just a moment. PBS Utah is also home to other dynamic podcasts. More than half covers some of the most challenging issues facing women in Utah and how it takes all of us to make change happen. Here's a clip from the episode, A Separate Space. I don't think a lot of people realize that it's just not common for people of color, especially women of color, to see themselves in the stories that, you know, we're reading. Subscribe to More Than Half wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Roots, Race, and Culture from PBS Utah. All right, we're going to jump back into this because I want to hear about one of the most important <laughs> topics that you know most people <laughs> want to get into certain fields for is the pay. You know, is it is it a lucrative field to get into? Oh yes, oh yes. Is is not only uh, economic 
It's mm. only like a flexible hours in technology. Mm. Uh, for example, uh, entry level is around the $83,000, and the average of uh, salary is about the $120,000. But it's more in more position, yeah, yeah. and there is a tech companies who has like a benefit like an infertility plant mm -hmm. or oh, wow. yes maternity leave because this is another thing. Mm -hmm. They need diversity. They need women, mm -hmm. and and also black, Hispanic, Asian, everyone mm -hmm. needs to be part of technology. This yeah. is this yeah. is so important. So it's good money. You start out, you know, eighty yeah. something thousand is like an entry level. And I've heard something like that, especially like different college, depending on where you're living. Your, yeah. You know, yes. if you're doing like an entry level STEM job, uh, not STEM job, like a tech job, this is and a, it jumps up to like this is in Utah. The salary this is in Utah, Utah. Utah. because yeah, this, there this, is this, a report in the University of Utah who has this yeah. salary. Yeah, oh, that's yes. great. Yeah, and that's that, that's a pretty good living in Utah, I think. Yeah, yeah that'll absolutely. Get, that'll get you by around here. And and yeah. honestly, most degrees, you, that's not entry level. Yeah. You know, wages at once you graduate college is most degrees. It's not entry level wages. Yeah. And I remember when I I went to to school and for uh, psychology and like those those mental health fields. Usually, I remember they told me I was going to start out at thirteen dollars an hour with a master's degree, and I was like, no. <laughs> and that's often specific to engineering. So when we talk about STEM, science, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Biology, chemistry. Uh, unless you're getting a education uh, certificate or doing a fifth year, uh, it will really be hard for you to just graduate with a bio or chem BS degree and start a job. Engineers, however, are different. They're often aligned with internship opportunities in their junior year summer or in their senior year. Yes. And this is how many larger tech companies recruit yeah. and that's how you know one thing that you know a friend of mine that passed away uh, not long ago Cameron Russell Williams uh, oh, his mother yeah, uh, has an organization now and BPOU believes in the same ethos of elevating uh, tax brackets and mindsets mm. and we feel that BPOU is doing the same now uh, to answer some of your questions for what's potential income uh, this is actually Part of often that will lead to that generational change, mm -hmm. access to greater housing, access to a county or city where there will be higher uh, uh, education, uh, a blue ribbon school mm -hmm. where now that uh, that student that is a doctor or, or that student that came from a, a more depressed neighborhood, such as like myself uh, outside of the uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, can now live in a higher income bracket, can be in a higher income bracket, have access to public schools, not necessarily have to send their kid to a private school or take loans out to do so, right. just because there's tax dollars that's focused, often in a predominantly white community, that now uh, the, the black and brown uh, physician uh, now has access to so now their kids will mm. they can be able to create generational wealth but in regards to salaries uh, you know once you're a resident you start around 45 to 55,000 this is after medical school but mind you medical school has a lot of debt mm. uh, we are trying to also uh, <clears throat> do our best to change that or assist our black medical students when they're in school as well but income potential uh, I often tell many of my students uh, don't pursue medicine for money Mm -hmm. Pursue medicine because you want to uh, change people's lives. Mm -hmm. uh, because 
if you want to make a lot of money, uh, it's often not medicine. Uh, it will be often people with the least amount of training. If you can get a patent early on in undergrad, right. uh, and that can pay you well, becoming an engineer uh, and getting an MBA and moving up quickly up the corporate ladder can also lead to that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, salaries, uh, depending, it varies by specialty uh -huh. and subspecialty. Yeah. So you can have retina surgeons, that's someone that operates specifically on the back of the eye. Uh, I know when I got out of the military, uh, one of the Air Force uh, uh, retina surgeons, uh, when he left, uh, he was starting at 1.3 million. Wow. For a practice. Right. <laughs> Mind you, he's got 25 years of experience right. and he's highly subspecialized. I didn't right. know if he was specialized enough to say, I only do the right eye versus the right. left eye. But <laughs> there are some specialties like that. Uh, emergency medicine, uh, uh, it often will be as, as low as 285,000 uh, to, I've met some ER docs that are in the uh, 600,000 range. Orthopedists. Wow. As, low as. as low as. Yeah. <laughs> as low as your 300K. You know, had me for a second there because you know I mean if there was you know growing up you did hear well you got to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer and yes. to, to make any real money in the world and that's not necessarily the case but there is a lot of opportunity to build that wealth but you know again like I agree and understand like you don't you don't necessarily go into the medical field because you're just trying to make money yes. I mean you're what you, you do is worth more than you do you'll sometimes be unhappy yeah. you end up yes. choosing especially that has high compensation because you're trying to pay off debt or you have this thinking oh more money and I will be happier yeah and I've known some miserable docs yeah. that are high are in highly compensated specialties that uh, ended up doing another residency afterwards wow. can I ask what, what, what were your paths to get to where you are, you are. Mm -hmm. like why don't we talk to you first where where did you start out from and then where did you end up to be with this uh, yeah oh. how'd you get in this chair <laughs> <laughs> okay I have my background in Peru and in United States okay mm -hmm. and in Peru I started like a system engineer mm -hmm. and in a entity of government and then go to the private uh, entity most the fifth the five years was like a creating technology and then mm. go to project management uh, um, how do you say execu executed roles mm -hmm. and then come back here and I try to get a job here in United States doesn't no matter no nobody knows me because mm. I am immigrant nobody knows my my Bad achievement yeah. like nobody knows again. my university yeah. and it was hard to get a job mm -hmm. so hard mm. and because you are a second language is so hard mm. to however I am I started to connect I started to create my networking and I started to meet in the project management institute here mm -hmm. because I am PMP and currently I realize they teach me how to create my networking. They teach me how to establish my resume. They teach me the system. Mm. I had mentored there. Mm. And finally, I decided to start Clubability because mm -hmm. I realized there is more people like me, more mm -hmm. people to try to get an IT job. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard if you have not connection, if you don't have mentor. Mm. And this is a reality. Mm -hmm. And complementing the, the question, uh, the previous question, I want to add 
about my special needs students. Mm. My special needs students knows very well what is the limits of their treatment. Mm. And this is the thing, is we give the value, the skill to create technology, they can improve their treatment and they can improve their life. And, I'm, and this for reason I admire you, because medicine change everything. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am very committed in, in medicine because I know how is uh, get a treatment, a long treatment. Wow, yeah. Treatment. You know, I, I, I think that's really amazing that you're focusing on special needs students because y y that hits on a point to me is that these skills and, and this, this type of education, when you are able to prove what you can do, it, everything else kind of disappears. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it, it doesn't, if, if you can save someone's life, nobody cares what color you are. If you're saving their life, <laughs> they're, well, some people. Actually, they the do. Some people. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me go back. I, I almost, I almost saw myself in the world where racism doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I, I think that's going back to the special needs students. I mean, you know, yeah, of course, there's a, a very specific sort of glass ceiling that's put over them. Yeah. But then when, when they show a, a creation, a technology, which in fact their special need might actually make them better at, you know, because some people can focus more because of their, their specific um, disabilities or, or, or special needs. I think that's just amazing. Like, thank you for 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 addressing that. I, that community. I think uh, I I think is is we go to the hospital with uh, primary children, Shiner Hospital, and you see all these kids with mm -hmm. they know the the medical treatment they have, and it's long, and I think you are doing amazing work with thank them. Thank you. You you inspire. Amazing, amazing thing. You are improving, and this is remarkable. Thank yes. you, Julia. And you know, that, that, that brings me to a, a question that I've always wanted to ask you. you. You know, often when we have conversations, you talk about being from Washington, D.C., the Baltimore, Maryland area, and coming from these, these, these rough areas. Tell us about how you came to be an MD. Oh, wow. Uh, at first, I wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, oh wow! Uh, and but then I looked at I looked at how long it takes and how how super selective and difficult it was. Mind you, this is uh, something that was being revealed to me in third grade. <laughs> uh, but I knew I wanted to go into science, and some of that was inspired by my dad. And it was just often just science fiction. Uh, my dad was a mechanic uh, in uh, the D.C. area, uh, and while there, uh, I had become associated with a medical explorers program. And the Medical Explorers program was an after-school uh, opportunity that was offered, often offered to honor students uh, in high school uh, and junior high, where they got to spend some time with uh, a researcher or a physician would go and do a presentation to them. So that cool. started early on in high school with me. And I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe being a, a uh, I was actually wanted to still be a scientist. Uh -huh. I actually didn't decide to uh, go the MD route until about, Oh, I was a sophomore in college at Northwestern. Wow. But much of, but I knew I could be in that mm. field. Mm. And it often started with uh, my access to Howard University and a dean there, Dr. Warren K. Ash, uh, who uh, did some pioneering work with uh, 
the uh, herpes virus, mm -hmm. uh, but he helped me to get an opportunity as a lab researcher uh, uh, during my junior year, junior summer and senior summer in high school in DC. Wow. Uh, I was able to work on the African-American genome typing project. And so I really wanted to become a geneticist, uh, but then I saw how long it was to <laughs> lead to uh, any gratification in, in such work because I met many a postdoc and I was like, wow. Patience was the thing I was that like, led yeah. You. I was like, wow, you're still taking. A, I was like, you're still working in here, and you're how old? And you're st uh, okay, and you're living in you're in that car. <laughs> maybe I need to go a different route. So that's when I shifted and actually started a, a black pre uh, re restarted uh, a black pre med society that had gone defunct at Northwestern. Uh, and wow. so I said, I know I have a bunch of peers that want to do the same. And so that then led to me joining the military, uh, getting a scholarship uh, uh, with the U.S. Army uh, that led to me being able to care for soldiers around the world wow. uh, and also leading uh, into my first specialty, which was ophthalmology. Uh, the Iraq war kind of disrupted that a little bit. Mm. Uh, and then uh, once I got out of the Army, I came here to University of Utah finished in family medicine and been practicing emergency medicine ever since, but often being the only, you know, black physician in many a, a white space, I'm like, this can change. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I gotta say this, man. I you, you you sound like you just gave three lifetimes worth of experience, <laughs> and I'm looking at you and I'm like, how old is this brother? <laughs> He's so young. <laughs> Younger than us. Yeah. <laughs> that's a sad, scary part. God, that's terrible. Wow, you are going to succeed now. no matter what you did. That's clear. Yeah. That is very clear. So what do we do to change it in Utah? I mean, it, it, Utah in particular. You know, there's let's let's take it back locally. Um, what specific things do you think can should or could happen here that could make things better for black and Hispanic uh, students to pursue STEM? Julia, I want to start with you. I think <clears throat> currently the government and private and, uh, sector are very engaged with this topic. They, they are building um, an environment mm -hmm. to, with a goal to everyone be welcome here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing is, we are in 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 a speed. Maybe we can do it more. It's and this is part of this conversation. This is not only government. This is not only capability. This is not only here. This is everyone's. Everyone's need to do something. Everyone's need to uh, inform about the possibility mm -hmm. to be in STEM. To we have be, to talk to our so parents need to talk to their student, their yes, kids. Yes, the schools. Yeah, the because schools. I'm in my organization. There is a many immigrants who come here, mm -hmm. and one of topic they told me recently is like leveled on mathematics. In South America, they have like a calculus, mm -hmm. and then come back here and they have a, a how do you say Algebra, a level a level down down oh. and. They don't have the information. We need to es explore everything to, to communicate what kind of opportunity we have, what kind of program with mentorship are, and what can I do to open the door for others like me? Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, you know, because, you know, there's always this, 
you know, whether you're switching even between colleges in the United States, you know, if you transfer to a different school, there's always these things of what credits are accepted and what what credits are not accepted. And and I would imagine coming from another country and another institution like like that that would be doubled or tripled the, the challenges. And some parents there. they don't speak English mm -hmm. and they need to translate mm -hmm. and they need to wait. Is that translator here? Yeah. It's it's challenge. Yeah, it's challenge. But I think we have hope. And we can we do it together. Yeah, yes. we have more than hope. Good, good, good. Yeah, what do we you have think? YouTube. <laughs> yeah, what, do you, what do you think, Dr. Ferguson? What do you think so, of the issues with it? Uh, I think part of it is awareness to many of our non-BIPOC allies that systemic racism exists, and it's going to take legislation, it's going to take private institutions, and federal to slowly undo this. Mm -hmm. uh, there are many kind of pots out there of resources, but they're just not connected together to focus on DEI initiatives, STEM initiatives. Uh, they just don't talk to each other. So I'm hoping that BPLU, um, Latino Health Initiative, uh, other nonprofits, uh, Project Success, we can do a better job at uh, you know, grassroots level connecting many of our black and brown communities to the STEM field, to the me to medicine. Uh, but one thing that I think BPOU is going to try to do or is doing is we're going to go to schools. We're going to go to junior highs. We're going to go to high schools. We're going to meet nice. with black student unions to and uh, to give small uh, uh, presentations and then connecting them with our partners and allies that are in um, research fields that are within biotech companies uh, to say, hey, can they have an opportunity this summer? We will fund them. Uh, wow. And then getting grant access uh, to, and, and often grant writers, <laughs> to be able to allow us to have continued funding. <laughs> right. uh, and, and once there, and then we eventually have a partner because we can't do this alone in Utah. If it's gonna be uh, just relying on uh, just black and brown organizations to address this, um, it will be very slow coming. There'll be a lot of one-off successes, but it won't be sustained. Mm. We're gonna need allyship for this to, to be able to work. And part of our, our, our work here is, <laughs> and being on this show, is to recruit allies. Mm. We know that our many of our white peers can appreciate diversity. Yeah. And I think sometimes because they walk around in a space where they don't have to question their race or make decisions based on their race mm -hmm. uh, or re not realizing that certain things are not, uh, or there's no limit access to them or they're not being told because they don't often have to consider their race in the equation, sometimes gender. Yeah. Um, we want to you know, make sure they're aware and know how they can make a difference in the state in the nation yeah. uh, by supporting organizations like ours. Well, let's, let's, let's wrap it up there then. What, where can we go to support your organizations? Yeah. Okay, uh, we, we love any support about the sponsorship or program. 90% mm -hmm. of our students are low-income families. Mm -hmm. We have a program for adults, moms, and youth. Uh, How can if some if let's say a company wanted to either come and you know help provide mentorship or even provide some funding? Yes. How would they How would they reach you? Uh, send me an email at info at clubability.org, okay. and we'll send. Uh, a conversation to see how it's working. Also, we love to go the idea to have a field trip, a volunteers in our program, mm -hmm. and see more role models, and also device for our students too. Yeah, devices, so, so info at clubability.org. Yes. And um, then they can just reach out to you and 
get some information, provide yes, some support. Um, yes, we can let's uh, schedule a meeting, and yes. That's awesome. How about you, Dr. Ferguson? Yeah, uh, we will appreciate support in many ways. Uh, part of that through membership. So if there's any black physicians that I have not reached <laughs> yet that want to join BPLU, it's free to join. Uh, you just go to www.bplu.org, click on the membership tab, fill out that app, and I will be reaching out to you shortly. And if there's any of our allies that want to support either with in-kind service, providing a job opportunity, preceptorship, shadowing, uh, health education resources, uh, helping us to you know improve our web Website, or you want to partner with us on some of our health campaigns uh, to improve health health care outcomes in the black community, uh, info at bplu.org. We also have a YouTube channel, right. so you can uh, watch some of our material there, and also an Instagram. So, uh, oh, right. you know, info at bplu.org, uh, Instagram, Black Physicians uh, of Utah, or even just myself, richard.ferguson <laughs> at bplu.org. Either way, we will respond and we appreciate any support. I can feel the engines revving and the needle getting ready to move. So yeah, great show, guys. Great. Yes. Thank you so much for being on. We just Thank you. thoroughly Thank enjoyed you this so conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. you guys are amazing. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Roots, Race, and Culture. Check out our website for even more content, including interviews with some pretty dope BIPOC business owners. You can find all that in a bag of chips at pbsutah.org roots. And you'd be doing us a solid if you told all your friends about our show. But until next time, y'all, we are out. <laughs>